Hello and welcome to another episode of State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your host, with the most, Stephen Payton. It is Friday the 30th of October. Let's get into it. Kicking things off this week, some surprising admissions from the Tories. Yes, it seems that the inescapable pool of independence has finally been acknowledged by the Conservative Party at Westminster. Alistair Jack, the Scottish Secretary of State, a misleading name if ever there was one, has admitted that Brexit is driving folk living in Scotland toward leaving the UK. With recent polls showing support for independence as high as 58%, it appears it was finally time that the Tories acknowledged they may have been playing more than a small part in the breakup of the not-so-united kingdom. Appearing on BBC Sunday Politics Scotland, Jack also claimed that Boris Johnson absolutely wants Scotland to remain part of the United Kingdom, and that his position is that we need to keep pressing the case for the Union and the strength of the Union in Scotland. He thinks they need to keep pressing it. Honestly, if Johnson thinks he is in any way making the case for staying in the UK right now, then achieving independence may be even easier than we thought. Between the power grab playing out on the Scottish Parliament and sickening mismanage of the coronavirus, I'm not sure what case the Westminster government thinks they are making. He also revealed that UK ministers have plans to strengthen the case for the union, but would not say what they might be. Then again, we were also told there was an oven-ready Brexit deal just waiting to go into... An oven? So honestly, who knows? Jack isn't the only one to have noticed either. A Tory peer by the name of Lord Patrick Cormack stated that Scotland will, quote, almost certainly be independent within the next decade. Cormack points to rising English nationalism within the Conservative Party as one of the causes, but if we're being honest, that's hardly a new feature of the Tory party. Who could forget how quickly... English votes for English laws became the mantra of David Cameron's government the second that our last independence referendum was out the way. Speaking in the House of Lords during a debate on the undemocratic internal markets bill, Cormac actually raised a fair point when he asked, what is the point of this bill? In fact, quite a few lords raised that same point. But that doesn't change the fact that there shouldn't even be a House of Lords in the first place. Cormac then went on to say that he had opposed Scottish devolution in the past, and it was exactly because this is what would happen. This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. More than the words of Alastair Jack and Patrick Cormac, however, there is an even greater indicator that the Tories have realised just how close to the end the union is. Michael Gove is officially rolling out the UK Government Union Defence Team. Which, when you say it like that, actually sounds less like a government department and more like a group of lads you'd expect to see Tommy Robinson marching with. Whatever it's called, government press officers will be taking on the task of attacking the SNP full time. Of course, this wasn't the first union unit. There actually was one before, and the last one did so poorly, they've had to basically do a relaunch. Maybe they think two units are better than one. Eh. Speaking about the old union unit, one unnamed government source said within government there's a load of unfocused and panicky activity. The unit has become a Brexit unit and about how the UK government can raise its profile in Scotland. Not make things better in Scotland. 
raise its profile in Scotland. In other words, the unit get caught up in that great political scam of caring less about doing the work than you do about making sure it looks like you're doing the work. So now the UK government has hired two full-time government press officers who will have access to special advisors with the explicit aim of attacking and undermining the Scottish government. Now does that sound like a union of equal nations to you? Because to me, it sounds an awful lot like the government of one of those nations is a bully. On top of this, Gove and the Scottish Tory leader Douglas Ross are apparently in talks to publicly launch Better Together 2.0. However, if we're being honest here, forcing Scots to listen to Michael Gove can only boost support for independence. So I say, come ahead. I look forward to hearing why you think it's reasonable to spend our tax money on a campaign that talks down to the majority of people living in Scotland. No, actually, I'll take that one step further. I want to hear Michael Gove explain why my tax money is being used in a campaign that wants to take away my right to even vote on my future. Allegedly though, Michael Gove has been trying to get his little unit unsuccessfully off the ground for five months now, so really... Who knows how far it'll even get. And speaking of failing Tory plans, this week a senior German politician gave her support for an independent Scotland joining the EU. Of course, this further undermines the UK's scheme to encourage EU countries to reject Scotland, join the EU in a bid to save the crumbling union. Again, why the Westminster government thought any EU country would even listen to them is absolutely beyond me. Terry Reintke, who is the vice-chair of the Group of the Greens slash European Free Alliance in the European Parliament, said that the EU will do all we can so that our door will remain open. I think we can conclusively say that this little stunt by the Tories has quite dramatically fallen flat before it even got its union flag-covered shoes on. And finally, let's wrap up this week with a wee story about everyone's favourite pig-adjacent politician, Willie Rennie, the leader of the Scottish Lib Dems. I think. Is he still the leader? Yes. Yes, he is. Last weekend, the Lib Dem leader tried to tie anti-English remarks to First Minister Nicola Sturgeon, despite the fact that neither she nor any SNP politician were responsible for said remarks. The comments themselves came from some other random people, but this has been a recurring tactic by anti-independence activists. And so it was down to an English SNP MSP to slap Rennie on the wrists for his claim. Especially since Nicola Sturgeon did actually condemn protesters recently who urged visitors from England not to cross the Scottish border in July, stating they did not speak for her. If you're still pushing the idea that independent supporters in Scotland are somehow anti-English at this point, I can only assume you're either A. disingenuous or B. you do not have a clue what you're talking about. Not when groups like English Scots for Yes are out there doing the actual work. Not to say that there aren't daft xenophobic voices in the indie movement. Of course there are. Every movement has, you know, some people you'd rather weren't in the front of it. But they are a tiny minority and not representative of the movement as a whole. Not even nearly. And that brings us to the end. After another week of Westminster incompetence, where does that leave the State of the Union? 
with about as much shelf life as that pumpkin you carved way too early ahead of Halloween, and that is already smelling pretty bad. I will see you all again next Friday. Tory peer by the name of Lord Patrick McCormick. That's not correct. <laughs>